I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Kate, you look unreal. Oh, I've just turned 50. I feel about 900 years old, but thank you. I've literally just read that and I was like, no, I call bullshit. You look incredible. Oh, thanks. You do, honestly. And how how's life? Are you good? I mean, I'm all right. I'm um, balls deep in the middle of me. Egg freezing. I, I, so I'm all over the place, Kate. I was like half an hour ago, I was dead dizzy and I was like, oh, am I going to have to cancel? But I've... Oh. I've it's like ups and downs, is so I'm all but right you now. Are, you're going through, um, it's almost like me when you're just being pumped with hormones, right? Yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah. I've just got them leaving my body at a rate of knots. So we're probably equally as messed up just because yours are on the way in and mine are going, bye. Um, it's opposite it ends of the spectrum, but still a bag of shit. It's just what it does to you. It's just awful, isn't it? The emotions, the highs, the lows. And yeah, but listen, all I can tell you is I have a 14-year-old and I would I would do all of that and everything else you could throw at me just to make sure that I had him because he's been the best thing I ever did. Oh, mate, I'm so... Oh, you know what? That, thank you, lass. That is, that is it, isn't it? Like, it's such a means to an end. And I've I found it... Oh, I'm sorry, like, I'm talking about myself. I shouldn't really, but... No, please do. I love that. <laughs> I haven't found it as difficult as I anticipated. Everybody was sort of saying... um. I think everybody put the fear of God in us and like quite rightly so, like, you know, everybody's journey is different and sort of you have to be prepared for all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I um, I was expecting it to be far worse and no, I've just kept busy. I just really felt it. Because when I read that you were doing it, so we were quite, I'm happy for this to go out by the way, but um, I know I messaged you because you've been having some, sorry about this caps on the call, but actually no, not sorry because it's all good. It's all good education, this. But, <laughs> but I saw you were going, uh, you were having such a rough time with your periods. Oh, so I messaged you just going, oh, mate, so been there all my, all my long life. And it is, it's just, the thing is, people get bored of hearing it. So you only have to talk to people that really understand it and then they can't get enough of it. So you've got yeah. to find more people. Because otherwise, you're just talking to an audience of eye rollers. What just makes you angrier than you already are, which you didn't at that time think fucking possible. I've literally just myself get done a bit of a post, pretty much paraphrasing, but saying exactly the same thing. Like most people are lovely. Like they get it, they understand, they're kind, they offer advice. Like even if they're not empathetic because they haven't been through it themselves, they offer sympathy. Like. Generally, generally people are lovely but every so often like I just get this complete dickhead like why are you doing this if you're if you're in a relationship and you can have a baby or don't whinge about those injections my son has diabetes and I'm like I haven't whinged about them once and I thought I'd made why I wasn't having a baby just yet perfectly clear you know like you're just not gonna win with everybody and I, I you don't you're can, not you can it and I'm just trying to protect me peace and like sort of stay away from those people and stay close to the ones who do get it and the people who do feel like sunlight people like yourself so you really should say because you know what the other day I drafted something very honest and I thought I'm going to share this because I know that it's going to help 
women who are feeling like I'm winning, women feeling right now. Yeah. And then I just lost my bottle and I thought, I actually can't deal with the noise yeah. of if one more person says to me, well, women have been having menopause for as long as women have been born. <sighs> oh, thanks. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, thanks. So you mean I'm not the first one? Fucking hell. Really, it's not just me. Oh, no way. I'll shut up then. <laughs> I just, you know what? I just couldn't handle the noise. Yeah. And you're really good because you plow on through even when there's so much coming at you. Um, and I sometimes don't trust myself to keep a nice tongue. And sometimes yeah. my mouth is so foul, but my responses would be just as bad. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, this idea that we're not entitled to have those moments of fucking like rage or honesty or genuine emotion when we're, we're dealing with people giving us the same is just mental to me. Like, I, I, I don't know. Obviously, my career is in its infancy compared to the incredible run you've had, Kate, but... 12, 13 years going strong. Some of my mates are still like, why you haven't learned to just block and ignore people is beyond me. And I'm like, I can. Some days I can talk. I love that you don't. (laughs) I mean, I I admire your chutzpah because you are the woman that doesn't care. You just keep putting your hand back in the fire in the, you know, in the nicest possible way. And, And, but you're so articulate and I love your dialogue. I love your dialogue with yourself, with your followers. Um, you know, I was, when you first came on my podcast, I was so excited to have you on. It's such a nice time. It was me and Gav, on it? It was you and Gav. <laughs> and still now I have people messaging me, calling me Kate fucking Thornton, because of him. <laughs> he was so excited. Like, I can't blame him, mate. Obviously, sort of before, and you know this, like before I get a guest on, I kind of get a, like a list of lovely questions from me, producer, and... I sit back and read all the amazing things you've done, Kate, and I'm not even you, and I'm like, fuck me, I'm proud of you. Like, <laughs> you must feel... Oh, <laughs> but you must feel... like I know, as women, we tend to be self-depreciating and all the rest of it, but, God, you must look back at some of the stuff you've achieved and be like, I'm a bit badass, you know? Do you know what? I, I, I think turning 50 recently, you know, people... Um, People tend to make, you know, it's a big birthday, right? Yeah. Um, so people tend to, you know, there were a couple of friends that sort of, you know, reminded me of some of the stuff that I'd done across the years. And you do go, oh, yeah. And I was in a really nice, in a lovely way, I've almost gone 360 because I've just started a new show that is me going back to one of my old jobs, right, which yeah. is go back to the editor's office at Smash Hits. Yeah. And, 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 like, literally with the same employers. no. Uh, and it's on Greatest Hits Radio. And it's really, so that in a, in so many ways is sort of, um, it's like a 360, I suppose, yeah. professionally, at, on a benchmark birthday. And it did remind me that, you know, God, I was the first woman in the chair. Yeah. And those were incredible times. And then along, you know, recently I've had like Louise Redknapp on the podcast and Lou and I started out at the same time. Yeah. And obviously like, you know, Spice Girls and All Saints. We all start yeah, everything. We foot on the first rung of the ladder. Now, listen, different ladders, and some have gone like, whoa, like some world domination going on with the Spice Girls camp and All Saints and all of that stuff. But nonetheless, we are a bunch of pretty nice women yeah. that have all stayed friends. We've all done okay. We've so all so modest, so modest. Come on, and, and we have had. <laughs> time of our lives and now I sit here with my son and I just took him to a parents evening thing the other week where we're looking at universities and all that kind of you know what next stage in his life 
And I'm just saying to him, you know, for him, it's football. He loves football. He plays for a local league, like a local academy. He lives and breathes it. And I see in him the passion that I had. And I'm like, son, just, I don't care what your job pays. Just make it make your heart sing. Yeah. And my heart still sings. I go to work and my heart still sings. So how lucky am I? You're so, so lucky, mate. There's that saying, isn't there? And it's, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Okay. And like, quite clearly, you the advice you gave your son, you know, you found something you were passionate about, you got your head down, you grafted, and... Well, I feel like the new girl, right? So I started last night, and I'm prepping, and my next guest on the podcast that I'm recording is Prue Leaf, right? Prue... Love Prue. Is, uh, like, now suddenly, I feel like, you know... I feel like I'm looking up at this this wondrous woman who's achieved so much. And she's the archetypal overachiever, you know. Yeah. I mean, like she's a woman of so many firsts. And I'm so excited to to be able to get an hour in her company because, yeah. you know, that's only a good thing for me, right? She's gonna she's gonna rub off on me in all kinds yeah. of ways. Well, she's gonna have like, she's gonna have amazing stories, great advice. She's gonna challenge you. Like it will be fantastic. I did just wonder though, when you said that there given all the experience you've got and all the amazing people you've interviewed over the years, is there anybody who, like, is, do you still get nervous, Kate? Or yeah. you just, you do? Okay, I'll, okay, that makes me feel good. I always get nervous and I wonder if it'll go. <laughs> yeah. you know the ones I get nervous with are the ones, it's, it's the ones you least expect. So, like, um, like somebody, like, just the people that I truly admire. So, I remember, and he'll be, he'll go, shut up. But Eamon Holmes, when I when I interviewed Eamon Holmes, I was nervous too. <laughs> but equally, when he told me before we'd we'd you know recorded together, when we used to work together, when Eamon told me I was good, that meant more to me than any man in any office or any woman in any office upstairs. If you you know, be yeah. upstairs, because he does that job, and if he thinks I'm okay at it. Yeah. Well, thank you, you know, and I am nervous about interviewing Prue because um, I suppose there's still a part of me that still wants to be liked by women like her because I think she's phenomenal. You know, I'll let you know and she might think, oh, God, shut up. (laughs) That's that's human, that, Kate, like, just as such a like, I don't know, basic desire to want to be liked by someone who you admire. And I can totally say that. But no, I think you still get on. I think in this line of work though, right? You shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't want that. It's the wrong, you know, I never yeah. did that. I never did it for, for wanting to be liked. I did it because I love the work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've worked at varying levels across my career and I can, I can tell you now where I sit now is the most comfortable place. And I think you probably share some of these sentiments being in the storm of of a show that is on everybody's agenda yeah. and you're all the you, you, you know there's a lot of noise around you yeah it's not good to be that attended to on every level it's not healthy so well, i'm good i'm good now i don't i, I like being listened to and not so much seen <laughs> well i i totally get it like obviously i feel like live tv is always going to scare us like, I just think that, oh, I don't know if I'll ever Most get to exciting thing, though, right? So I'm exciting. More, it's more the scary. Do you know what? The job I love, it's the attention. It's the, the commentary. It's the social media. Everyone, you know, having an opinion about you. Yeah. And you having to learn to not care about that opinion, which is fundamentally, like, you know, as I've raised my son, I've raised him to be very mindful of how other people perceive him. 
And because it is important, then I'm telling myself that it's not, you know, it's double standards. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Not healthy to be famous person, let's be honest. No, it's a difficult thing to wrap your head around. And I think if you can remove yourself from it as much as you possibly can, like spending time with your gorgeous son or having the same group of friends and like family that you had from when you were young, I think those things really help, you know, because otherwise you can get lost in the commentary and sort of. Yeah, and you've got to remember, it's almost like, um, like my brother's a firefighter, right? So my brother is a firefighter when he's in uniform. And I have to remember that I actually, you know, as much as my own uniform is invisible, I should I should remember to, to wear a yeah. uniform yeah. and allow myself, you know, to not be in uniform sometimes. That's okay too. Just have like, have um, to compartmentalise, you know, mm. to be able to apply yourself to your job and be big shiny Kate Thornton that everybody wants and wants a piece of. And then also just be like Kate Thornton the mom. And like Kate thought, and like the, the lady going through perimenopause, whatever it is, you know. So yeah. I think, and having, you could be all of those things, but yeah. sometimes they all blur. And you know, the other day I got a bus with my son, and he went, "You are on the side of the bus. This is awful." Posters up at the moment for my radio show, and I was like, "I'm so sorry." But I love getting the bus. We still get the bus. He's like, "It's all good." This is also this series. Um, he's like, "Mom." Is he at that age, Kate, where everything is just so fucking embarrassing? I'm sure I am embarrassing. (laughs) Still really like he's pretty civilized. Like when we had to go to his school the other evening, I could see him sort of like trying to read the room. Because it's weird when you've got, you know, a parent who's other parents know who they are, you know, you yeah. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's no biggie. Yeah. For him, it must be. Especially like, you know, if I am on the side of a bus at the moment. Yeah. Looking at the side of a bus, yeah. yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's something, it's an added thing for them to get their heads around when they're yeah, already right. struggling with stuff. It is. But, so I'm really mindful of like, you know, just dial it down, Kate. Just, just like be a bit of human squash and dilute yourself. And... Uh, and it was fine. And then his friends, you know, some of his friends were like, oh, 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 you know, and, and he was like, uh-huh. there was just, I just felt for him in that moment. Then we got in the car to go home and I said, was that all right? And he went, you were really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I not too embarrassing. And I was so relieved. So relieved. Gold star, ma'am. Well done. <laughs> a nice kid i keep waiting for it to change you know there's a lot of links africa going down in the house right now the oh, i'm crazy hormone lady he's going through his teenage kind of hormone rite of passage um yeah good times babe oh so right so there's links africa has he had his first crush do you don't want to embarrass him don't I embarrass won't. him i won't <laughs> Oh God! Honestly, yeah, just you know, I can say this because I'm his mother. He's a lovely boy, and he's a he's a good looking lad who doesn't realise it, and he's turning heads and not realising the effect that he has. And I'm loving watching that. Yeah, that lack of self awareness is is just a lovely thing. Yeah, but of course I'm going to say that I'm his mother. I think yeah. it's amazing. Also, if the adverts are to be believed, it could just be the links effect. Like apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, as I mentioned over the years, you've had so many incredible roles and jobs and things like that. But one right back, I was so interested to find out that you did journalism at uni. Is that right? 
I didn't go to uni. Um, oh. College, yeah, no, it's college. It's called the London College of Printing at the time. Right. I think it's now the London Institute. Uh-huh. I I am a journalist. That's how I start. That's how I started out, and that's how I ended up in the editor's chair at Smash It's at twenty one. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One. 21. So, mate, right, for starters, I nearly did journalism at uni. It was between two <laughs> two things. Um, and it was drama, media, and cultural studies and journalism. And the only thing that pipped us to the post with the drama was me mom gives a bit of advice and she was like, just do something you really love. She was like, because I'm I'm not there to force you to go. I went to Liverpool. Um, and she was like, and if you not don't like it, you won't go. And I just kind of thought, you know, I'm going to enjoy the drama and the media and stuff. And I did. I did the right thing. But I always felt, because I love writing. I love the written word. I love reading everything. I did always think, God, in another life, I would have loved to have done that. So I was, I'm dead interested to find like, out, sort oh, well, of like how you found it. Well, I, I, how I found it. Or, well, yeah. I think it found me really, because it was one of the few things that I was okay at at school. You know, I'm, I'm really, I really wasn't, you know, academically brilliant at all I was pretty you know pretty much Mrs Average at school but I always worked hard and I knew what I was good at and and I do think you know now as I'm coaching my son into his first year of GCSEs you think god there's so much pressure on kids to be good at everything like 11 subjects and none of us are good at 11 things it's mad it's a really odd expectation to put on such young shoulders when you you know young shoulders now and ours uh, when we were younger um but I had this brilliant teacher, and do you know what? He he, he sort of changed my life. And mm. he emailed me recently. We're still in touch. Isn't that lovely? Like so nice. Yeah, uh, Mr. Pugh. He was just, um, I had a really, really tough time at school, at secondary school. I was quite picked on um, and bullied, actually. And I had an eating disorder. And, yeah, in amongst all of that, and nobody really knew what that was at the time, by the way. No. You know? You know, all we had by way of a reference was Nina Zavaroni, this very young child star who died from it, and Karen Carpenter. So there was this massive. Fear. My dad and mum always talk about Karen Carpenter. Yes, God. So it was it was almost very misunderstood then, I suppose. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Nobody would have understood that it was, you know, a mental illness. You know, there was a lot of really well intended. Just eat something. Yeah. Just eat something. Accompanied with the head tilt. Yeah, of course. Got to be said with a head but, top. But nobody, you know, we didn't we didn't have the education that we do now. Um, but this guy, Mr. Pugh, he just took a shine to, to, to me and my mates. And he thought we were good and we had a bit of sass. And rather than try to put us into boxes that conformed, he just let us jump out of our boxes. 
which is and, important. You let you express yourself. Right? And when we did, he'd go, that's brilliant. Like, <laughs> like, that's funny. Or, wow, I hadn't thought of that. And he was the one that said to me, you go all the way, Kate. Now, nobody, nobody from my school talked about university because it yeah. just wasn't expected of us. It was a pretty, um, at the time, rough state school. Yeah. Um, children from lots of sort of, you know, difficult areas and backgrounds um uh and yeah so the expectations were massively low like when I decided I said I really want to be a journalist and he was like you should be you'd be great but you could also be an actress Kate or you could be this or you could be that and then I had so good I love it echoed all of that my dad was like if you want to go to the moon you can go to the moon (laughs) but he took the ceiling did my mum off of anything like so at school yeah. the ceiling was always apart from Mr Pugh mm. everyone was a bit like oh it's a bit lofty isn't it yeah. like, you know your your ambitions I remember going to see um the careers advice officer and told her I wanted to be a journalist and she sort of shuffled some papers on her desk and then went about being a typist oh god and I said no I haven't <laughs> I think you'd be better off in a typing in other words you know adjust your expectations yeah Limit yourself, you know, don't reach for the stars. God, it's so toxic. Again, never meant with malice, of course. Because, you know, like we had careers advice officers, but nobody ever talked about careers. They talked about jobs. Yeah. Right? They're really different. Um, And if you you wanted to be um, like a doctor or a lawyer, then they'd take you more seriously and you'd get kind of pushed off into a, a bracket all of your own. Uh, but with the journalism, I just, I really wanted to be a journalist. I loved writing. I loved reading. And my yeah. nan used to be a cleaner at WH Smith's. So she'd bring all the out-of-date magazines home. And there was, like, I mean, literally hundreds of grandchildren. And we'd all, yeah. you know, we'd all get our, we'd all get to pile in on the freebies of the out of you know, Jackie, Blue Jeans, Just 17. And then, of course, my favourite, Smash Hits. Smash Hits. And I just became a print junkie. And I would read the family newspaper every day was the Daily Mirror. So I read that. And then, so I just thought, you know, when I got home from school, I was just like this odd child that read newspapers and endless magazines. And I ended up, my first job was at the Daily Mirror. That was it? my work placement. Like a little bit of after school special. Well, no, no. What happened was I applied for work experience at my local paper, which uh-huh. was a brilliant place to learn, by the way. Yeah. You know, like an amazing Gloucestershire Echo. <laughs> and um, shout out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out, and well, still going. Um, but it's a really important place for young journalists to learn, like to yeah, go cut and- their teeth a little bit, you know, learn about court reporting, learning yeah. about community, the importance of bringing news to your community, how to serve it, like all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, and then that was it. Then I knew that my A level grades weren't coming together as I would have hoped. Right, yeah. eighty five jobs at the time. I was work, I was working in a nightclub. I had a Saturday job. I had a Sunday job. I've always been. She was hustling. <laughs> Literally, the hustle was so real. <laughs> and uh, my grades, you know, my grades were. It was debatable whether I'd get in, and I'd been turned down from every journalism course that I'd applied for. There was one left. So, and at that point, I got a, a job on the local free sheet, right? And a free sheet is those newspapers that just get shoved through your letterbox. Probably don't yes. read for many of them anymore, but quite a prolific thing in the day. And the job I had was paying the paper boys. It didn't matter because when I went to the last college that hadn't turned me down, yeah. I would you were- hand over my pay slip and say, yeah. I'm already working at the local free sheet. They were like, blimey. 
Oh, and but you can't <laughs> spell, right? Because I really couldn't spell. I was rubbish. And I was like, no. <laughs> There's computers for these, you know. I, I hustled my way in, yeah, and 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 I loved it, and very quickly realised, you know, where I wanted to be, and that with, you know, when the, the smash hits opportunity came up, I'd only been working eighteen months, and I thought I'll go and get, wow. I'll get an experience of of being interviewed because I'd never, I got my first job straight out of work experience, yeah, I'd never had to apply for a job. And I knew the editor at Smash Hits and he said he was going and that there was no internal candidates. So why not throw your hat in the ring? And I was like, you're kidding me. I'm 21. I was like, just give it a go. It'll be good experience for you. Yeah, yeah. I thought he's right. It's going to be good experience. 10 hours of an interview I did. What do you mean? So you sat there for 10 hours? No, they kept calling me back. And oh, God, okay. It's so like The Apprentice. And, and this is how rubbish I was, right? I have no idea why they gave me this job. When they said, go home and mock up a dummy issue of the magazine. Uh-huh. I had to show them what I would do with it. And I literally did it with staples and bits of paper. <laughs> and I put a barcode on the back. <laughs> I'm getting, and I don't know why, but like, you know, those serial killers where they like cut letters out of like newspapers and stick them all together. I'm getting that. Was it right? Yeah, exactly was. And it was like, you know, and I'd have to make like little post-it notes on the going, I would, things I would do differently. Like I would use um, a different kind of, ink on the paper because it would make paper swell and then it would stand up proud on the stands as opposed to sort of wilting like an old lettuce Can I actually think that when I was 21 it's mad me because all I was thinking about at 21 was Jager bombs and fellas of course so the, <laughs> fact, <laughs> the fact that you were like not only sort of so career minded and driven but like the fact that you got the job and did it successfully it's mind blown to me Kay. do you think and I often think this, like, I was ballsier when I was younger. Totally. Like, yeah, like, now I'm in my 30s, like, my days, I'm, I worry about everything, you know? Like, even an interaction with the postman, I'm like, does he take too long to answer the door? Does he think I'm rude? Does he know who he is and think I'm an arsehole? Like, I get in my own head. But back then, I just used to go through life with this genuine belief that I was the duck's fucking nuts. And... And I don't know where that where that in, where my insecurity gradually came from. Probably people's opinions eroding it over the years. But I don't yeah. know, mate. It's mad. Like back then, Kate, I thought I could do anything. Were you the same? Totally. Yeah. I've never applied for the job of an editor of a magazine now. No. I mean, all it's, all, it's all the things I can't do. I suppose, and you know, yeah. But I love that bravery of youth. Yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? And it well, what it is is, you know what? You're a brand new car straight out the showroom, right? No one has reversed beep, beep. <laughs> in your bonnet. Yeah. You've had to be re-sprayed, put back together. I am literally a cut and shut version of my younger self. Uh, as are we all, by the way. We are, babe. We're all chop shop versions now. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's all right. That's okay, because life does that to you. Every dent in the bonnet is a lesson learned, right? Yeah. Hard as they are, humiliating as they can be. Yeah. They put you where you are now, which is, um, you know, what's really annoying about being sort of, you know, uh, in in the sort of trenches of perimenopause is just before this kicked in, I just got myself to a place where I thought, warts and all, mistakes and all, I'm all right with me now. I'm, I'm, you are I'm, just getting comfortable. I fucking hate when life does that. Oh. I had about 18 months of going, I feel like I really know myself, really understand myself, understand my, my, you know, what I've done in the past, how it's got me here. I felt content. Yeah. Suddenly, one night, some hormones 
buggered off and took with them my personality and left me with 85 others, my sense of humour, my waistline, my ability to remember anything. Like the other day, I forgot my car. Not keys, not a phone, a fucking car, right? I have been robbed by hormones. Just as I got good. Just there. Now, the rest of my life will be spent trying to get back to that lady. Kate Thornton, if this is you post-robbery, I don't, I just don't know who you... That was amazing before. I mean, obviously, you've just been, but next level, you're so still incredible. You're funny, you're witty, you're articulate. Like, Jesus Christ, woman, like, regardless of what it took from you, like, please take a moment for the person you still are, because it is impressive. Oh, thanks. But I will be a different person in about 25 minutes when the estrogen kicks in. <laughs> and do you know what? I'm doing that terrible thing, like, of trying to make light of it all. Because yeah. actually, as with all of these massive, challenging times in life, you have to sometimes find a way to laugh at it. Yeah. Just it keeps slapping you in the face like some sort of cartoon that's never-ending. Um, and it is quite serious at times. But, you know, the fact that we talk about it and we laugh about it, I think sometimes it's really helpful too. I think um, tr- like being honest with yourself and others and showing your vulnerabilities and, and like a, a sense of transparency is is all we've got really. Like as, as funny we- though, because I spent years of hiding from that. Yeah. I went on loose women that I thought, oh, I'm just gonna be myself and see what yeah. happens. And then I was like, oh God, this is so much easier than being sort of, you know, buttoned up, auto-cued version of myself. Yeah. This is all right. Like in a sense, I did exactly the same, mate. Like yeah. tried so hard to be, you know, not buttoned up, quite the opposite. But like, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be this larger than life, like strong, fiery, feisty character, and nobody's gonna hurt me because I'm formidable, I'm powerful. You, you can't hurt me, you know. And I thought if I created that, then I was gonna escape all of the other stuff, you know. Like, and actually, it was just exhausting trying to be something I wasn't. I got myself into trouble because it wasn't authentic and organic. Like, I, I even hated who I was becoming, you know. And it wasn't until probably around the same age, like I left Jordan Show, you saw these women, whatever. I thought, like, I haven't got the energy to to try and be anything anybody wants us to be i'm just gonna be me and like it's one when you let that guard down whatever your armor was like it's so lovely and refreshing and liberating and all those nice things it is and it's um i think sometimes we're afraid to be our true selves because we haven't figured out a who that is and b if we like it (laughs) what's really scary is I always used to think, well, you can fucking hate me if you want. When I was on Geordie Show, I, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. Because actually, I probably wasn't shown the real me. So I didn't mind if they hated that caricature. It wasn't me. But, you know, the thought of when I was showing me real self on the jungle, and if if, I, if people didn't like us then, that would have really hurt, Kate. And that's, I think, why you hide yourself, isn't it? Because yeah. the thought of people not liking the real you is, is really going to hurt. It, I, think, I think doing a show like that is incredibly brave because... I don't want to show, I don't want to be judged on who I am 24 hours a day because I know I say stupid things. I know I say things I don't mean. Um, I know that I'm unpredictable at the moment, like, you know, my moods and um, <laughs> I would probably just walk around the campfire going, why am I here? What did I come in for? Don't you uh, want to see me car keys? <laughs> yeah, don't you want to see my car? Um, 
what year is this? Um, I think that's basically where I am right now. Um, but I'm quite scared of, of being warts and all. So I think you've got real guts, actually. Real yeah. guts. Again, mate, that was the old youthful arrogance there. Not so sure sure I'd be storming into the jungle now. I think I'd talk myself out of it. (laughs) Do you know what, Vic? I think there was a part of so many of us that watched you in there that thought, I've been that young kid that, you know, listen, we've all been stupid and drunken and egged on by mates to do stupid things and nobody filmed it and then watched it in their millions and then judged it and commented on it you know we've all done varying degrees of what you did but without the judgment and for you to then sit on those rocks around that campfire and just be you with no sense of apology but some sense of remorse I thought well that's all of us right you are a little bit of all of us and that's why we love you are you gonna you know I'm full of hormones don't you can't like I'm right now I'm gonna fucking cry. You're too nice. Don't be too nice to me today. Don't worry, you're full of hormones. You forget this in five minutes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to sort myself out and go for a wee, but in part two, I'm dying to chat to you all about more about smash hits, a little bit about take that and stuff, and the X Factor. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.